You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery, and you are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery. What an amazing journey we are all on. I hope that your week is going absolutely amazing. Today's episode is going to be about a meeting I had last night at Kaiser. So my therapist has a show, a show, I have a show, and I'm talking to you on it. Uh, My therapist has a class that she has put on on Monday nights, and the sole purpose of this is to get people together um, who have some time in sobriety and recovery so we can discuss what we're doing now that we've moved through those initial phases where uh, she she likes to discuss how sobriety is is counting the days and white-knuckling it and trying to figure out what it is you're going to do now that you have this whole new you to become and grow into. And recovery is when you go into it and you actually start working on the feelings and emotions and the thoughts that got you to this place to begin with. And so everyone in the class has at least a year of recovery. And we talk about some really amazing stuff, uh, quite different from the other meetings I go to where there, where there can be newbies and newcomers, uh, which I love those as well. But this is a different kind of energy in it because we're not sitting here wondering if we're going to go out and drink that night as much as we're trying to figure out what is it that we're doing with this amazingness that we call life. And so um, she takes these photocopies out of a book. And I don't know the name of the book, and I will get that information. And next time I do one of these reviews of what we talked about, I will make sure that I include the title of it. But April 29th was titled Getting to Know Myself. And so she just pulls out the day that we are meeting, which is Monday. So we're missing out on all the other awesome stuff. Um, But if she keeps us going long enough, then, you know, 365 Mondays from now, we will have hit every single page. Um, So I'm going to read some of this out for you. And also, you're going to be able to find this on the show notes um, over at Podbean. iTunes is a little weird about show notes and having them all there. And so if you can't find them there and you want to get a copy of this, hop over to Podbean and find my show and you'll be able to get them from there. I'm also going to include this on an Instagram post um, later on. So if you just go back and look for April 30th, uh, twenty. 19. I almost said 14, then I said 17, and then I'm like, yep, it's definitely 2019. (laughs) So, uh, and then I'm also going to post this on Facebook as well, but depending on when you find this podcast, the easiest way um, would just be to go over to Podbean. So, let's get to this because there's a lot of really good information. uh, There's a lot of good stuff in here and and a lot of good information I want to talk about. So, this is how it starts off. In fact, I might just read the whole thing and then break it down in in portions as I go through it. Let me clear my throat. Uh, uh, um. Official drum roll, please. Okay. So this is, I'm reading this from the paper now so that you guys will understand that this isn't just me talking. So starting now. Today, I will cease looking for my face in the faces of other people. If I want to know who I am, I will observe myself in action. I will watch the inner workings of my mind. No one has a better access to me than me. If I don't know who and what I am about, I certainly cannot expect anyone else to tell me. When I seek to be defined by others, I live from pillar to post, 
from one person's idea of me to a job description to a title or role to another person's idea of who I am. I lose my center and I seek to find it in people, places, and things outside of myself. Who I am is a changing thing. There is no one version of me to get to know and finally be done with. I let myself change and grow. I befriend my changing self. And then below it, there's a quote by Cicero that says, The more peculiar his own a man's character is, the better it fits him. Uh, Let's start with there, um, just at the bottom of it. The more peculiar his own a man's character is, the better it fits him. Um, I have a lot of peculiarities about me. I have a lot of, you know, little little things, little things about me that uh, anyone who's ever been my friend or a family member or, or uh, in a friendship or a relationship with me has certainly seen these because it's just me. I like to check all locks on doors three times. I like to beep my car for a series of three times. I check the hotel door three times. Like I want my soda water with no ice, no straw, no fruit. I want, you know, all my sauces in their own little containers next to my food. And I, I'm going to spend five minutes preparing my food and probably letting it get uh, a a little colder than I'd prefer, just to make sure that everything is the way that I'd like it. I unfold napkins and put two of them on top of one another and then refold it twice so that it's thicker. Um, and these are just the ones I'm just randomly coming up with. And it's just because, like, a man's character, you know, now is that a character or are those little intricacies of me? You know, what is a man's character? You know, you can think of. Uh, being a positive influence around people, having stand-up morals, virtues, ethics, and things like that. But for me, uh, in this in this regard, let's just let, I'm not going to do an entire wide character uh, overhaul conversation about Jesse Mogul right now. But I'm going to talk about as far as like when I think some of the aspects of my character, of uh, some of the little intricacies I do, and, and the peculiarities that I enjoy. Um, the more that I just accept those and the more I just let them play out in the public eye, the more people get to know me for better or for worse. They get to see these little intricacies of me that make up, you know, all my little twitches and all my little hiccups and all my little, you know, matrix snafus. And, you know, it's just me. And this may not have been what Cicero was talking about, you know, but I, it, but this is how I want to reference it right now is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of really interesting things about you. And don't hide those and don't cover them up. The people who aren't going to be annoyed by them are going to totally think that it's awesome. And the people who are annoyed by them are probably people you don't really want to be hanging around with anyways. You know, I certainly can think of some people that I've uh, that I've let go of. And this is, I'm talking a long time ago, like over a year ago, I had to let someone uh, release them out of my life. They were quite toxic, and I'm very glad that that is no longer in my aura. Um, that person did not think that my peculiarities uh, were all that um, admirable or interesting or adorable or whatever word you might want to use. And there was a lot of self-conscious behavior going on when I was around this person. And it's ultimately, you know, that wasn't serving me. And while it took me some time to realize that, ultimately I knew for the betterment of myself and, and for my growth moving forward, there's just certain people that you have to be willing to release you know, think of everyone who, everyone in your life is either there for a reason, season, or lifetime. 
And so think about that and, and think too that other people are going to see you as a reason, season, or lifetime too. And don't take offense if all of a sudden somebody decides to start uh, separating themselves from you a little bit more, especially now that you're in sobriety and recovery. There's going to be a, certain people who just don't get why you're doing it or don't understand um, why you would put yourself through that or they were your drinking buddy or, you know what, they think that you went out and found God because you do AA. I mean, whatever it might be, that is not your problem, all right? That's not even a problem. That is just them being them. And now you're over here being you. So just be okay with the, how peculiar you are, especially as you start to really grow into this newer version of yourself. Because this has always been, there's going to be some things in your life that you're going to need to clean out. There's going to be some behaviors that you're no longer going to be okay displaying to yourself in private or to anyone else in, within the public sphere. That stuff needs to be cleaned up, and you know it needs to be cleaned up. There's also going to be this really amazing human underneath all of this muck and mire that at some point, you know, had other people put their bullshit on you, your your parents, your grandparents, your family, your friends, teachers, whatever it was. You got to sift through that and make sure that the voices that are in your head are only yours and that you're not following somebody else's plan for your life. You have a choice now. You have a chance to reboot everything. Make sure you're happy with the reboot. Be okay being who you are. And if there's something about yourself that you don't like anymore, you now have the choice to fix it. And I don't know if fix is the right word, but you have you have the choice to morph it into what it is you want it to be, right? It's one of my life coaches, um, one of the sayings that he taught me was, don't let what made you shape you, meaning your parents. Don't let, just because they made you, don't let them shape you. If there is some crap that you're holding on to that you don't like anymore, but it's something that they taught you, it's something that they instilled in you, then release it. Then release it. Right, you could not control what happened to you as a child, but you control what happens to your reaction of it now as an adult. You can't go back and change whatever it was that really messed you up, that left you with a bunch of trauma. You can't, but you can change the way that you see it in your mind now, and you can change the way that it matters to you now. You can change everything about that picture. See it as the opportunity for you to have gone through all of this so that you can now come out on the other side a stronger person, more confident in who you are. I say this because this is this kind of stuff that I'm t- I say to myself. This is the kind of thing that I'm putting myself through. I love systems. I love uh, having habits and I love having all of these little intricacies about me that, that help my life be more efficient. That was, I, that was learned behavior from my mom's Crohn disease and how I was going to work around her, her illness and my sister and my dad in the house. I just came up with a bunch of little efficient ways of doing my life. And I love that. I would never want to take those away. I just make those habits more impactful and positive now because I know I can control the way that those habits are formed. And if, if it's not bringing me to a positive outcome, then I can change the habit so that it does bring me to a positive outcome. 
And let's go back into getting to know myself because I really went off on a little tangent there. I think I put five minutes just on the peculiarity, but I didn't realize that until I get on the microphone how much that was really going to speak to me because there's a lot of myself that I I, want to hide sometimes. And it's because I feel like I'm trying to see myself in other people's faces or I'm, I feel like I'm being judged by them because I have this voice in my head that's judging other people too. I know I can be judgmental and I'm definitely putting effort into changing that. But it's not judging somebody to their face or judging somebody to their back, behind their back because I won't do that. But it's what I do in my head. And that's where most of the talking is going on for us, y'all. It's happening inside your head. And you got to shut that little bastard up because they're not really bringing a whole lot to the party most of the time, other than just running you in circles over and over and over again and and taking a feeling that could have been fleeting or a thought that should have been fleeting and just spinning it around into this negative spiral until you can't find your way out of it. So the first line of this talks about cease looking for my face in the faces of other people is I'm going to stop comparing myself to what other people are doing at their age or with their career or with their bank account or with their wardrobe or their hair. I am just me, right? I can only change so much about myself. Like I can change a lot about myself actually, right? But like my hairline, I can't change. My nose, my eye color, right? I can't change those those things. Be fine with who you are in the mirror. Now my weight, my muscle structure, yes, I can put a tremendous amount of effort into that. But it's still not going to necessarily be, you know, Ronaldo Dino, whatever that guy's name was. I got a magazine here on my desk of Ronaldo, some soccer player. Dude looks like he was chiseled out of marble by Michelangelo. I'm not going to be that dude, and that's okay. Because he's him, and I'm me. Now, line two of this is, if I want to know who I am, I will observe myself in action. I will watch the inner workings of my mind. Right? You are... You're 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 probably a lot of things, but just read, based off of what I just read, you're you're in this sentence. You're two things: you're what who you are to yourself in your head, and the actions that you are showing the rest of the world in yourself. Right now, you know who you are inside your head, right, and you want to then display that out for people to see. You're in sobriety and recovery. You're not going to be a liar, a cheat, a thief. You're going to show up to your meetings on time. You're going to show up to family events on time. You're going to be honest and forthright, and you're going to stand strong in your integrity. Like These are things that I think about all the time, and I'm pushing myself toward, you know, always. Like, let's do that. Let's do that. Right? So if I'm thinking these things in my head, then my actions have to be those of someone looking to accomplish that intention. If you listen to last week's, or yeah, I think it was last week's, where I talked about self-regulation, it's attitude, intention, attention, and distraction, right? Distractions are outside things that that get thrown at you that can take you off your intention. So if your intention is to live in integrity and be on time to meetings and and be loving and caring and and not be, you know, deceitful to people, uh, you know, a distraction could be someone hurting you or saying something nasty to you about who you used to be. And then that causes you to lash out. That triggers an emotion, that triggers a thought, that causes a feeling, and then bam, now you're in it. And now all of a sudden you're not being congruent with this newer version of yourself that you've formed in your mind. And now all society is seeing is this reaction from you. They're not seeing all the awesome stuff that you have that you did before you got to this place. Right? Life is one of these things, it's like a, it's like a team sport. Right? You're, you're only as good as what you provide today. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you got three home runs yesterday. Today you got four strikeouts. So today you didn't help the team win. Right? You're only as good as what you've done today. But yes, we're earning, you know, love and gratitude and, and blah, blah, blah um, from ourselves and other people by continuously stacking up these awesome things, right? I don't think that if you're on time for a 99 straight events, you know, for 99 straight baseball games for your kids, that if you're late to one, they should forever shame you for it. But also think about why you were late and, you know, and understand that, you know, could you control it or not? Right. Excuses are reasons that could have been avoided. I've, I'll say that a million times. Um, OK, let's get back. I feel like I got off on a little rambling ramp there, but I don't know. Maybe uh, roll with me. Roll with me, guys, because this is super. This has got me super pumped. And I'm really glad that I decided to read off of this. And well, last night when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is really great. And so, again, go over to Podbean. Check this out if you want to be able to read along as you listen. Um, let's see. No one has better access to me than me. If I don't know who and what I'm about, I certainly cannot expect anyone else to tell me. Even if you try to get somebody else to tell you who they think you are, it is only going to be their perception of you within those instances where they've had an interaction with you. Right? So if, you know, you go to the baseball game and you strike out three times and people think that you suck at baseball or, or you bowl and you suck at the bowling, but they don't see that you went and volunteered time here and there, that you went and, and you know, went and hung out with your grandma and took her to Avengers. Or you should, They're not going to see all this other stuff. They're just going to know who you are based on their interactions with you and their conversations with you in those moments that they are near you. So asking them to tell you, to tell you who you are is asinine. Because they don't know who you are. They have a very limited, limited idea of what exactly it is that you are overall. Because they, again, they can only see you in those moments. So don't go looking for other people to quantify who you are. Yes, you can ask people about some of your strong qualities and some of your negative, um, you know, negative things. I can't, I wanted to say intricacies, but I think I've used that a couple times already in my brain saying, don't say that word. <laughs> um, but you know, we all have some, ne- you know, some, some not so great qualities and some great qualities. You can certainly ask people, but if one person says something really negative, right, go ask 50 other people before you start to take it to heart. Now, 50 other people start saying, look, you, your feet really stink, dude. And uh, nobody wants you to take your shoes off anymore. And 49 other people back that up. Okay, wash your feet more often. But if one person says, you know, that shirt's stupid. Why are you wearing it? Go And, and 49 other people have varying degrees of answers on that. It, then if you like it, wear it, Yan. Wear it. One of the things I love the most about going to meetings is it just seems like everyone just sort of shows up like, whatever, man. Some people were wearing a suit. Some people were wearing sweatpants. Some people were wearing holes in their shirts, a concert tee from Guns N' Roses and Metallica from, you know, 1991. Just don't go asking other people to tell you who you are. You decide who you are, and then you let your actions show the world that that's who you are. When I seek to be defined by others, I live from pillar to post, from one person's idea of me to a job description, to a title or role, to another person's idea of who I am, right? So when I seek to be defined by others, I don't really know what pillar to post is. I feel like that's some sort of old saying, but I have a feeling that means that you just like live from like one person's word to the next, right? If you are telling yourself you are your job 
or your title or your role. You know, like I'm a waiter still, right? I do some, even when I say I'm a waiter still, right? Like I live in Los Angeles. This is a tough city to afford. Could I leave that job and, 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 and be able to strike out on my own with being an author and a podcaster and a public speaker? No, no, no. Maybe if I lived in Columbus, Indiana, but I couldn't do it here. And so, but uh, so I, for years when I moved out to LA, I let myself be defined by the fact that I paid most of my bills by being a waiter, regardless of the fact that I was doing news in Pasadena or doing red carpet interviews or, or being a journalist or, or being a sports writer or, you know, podcaster, or YouTube web series, you know, a YouTuber, or an influencer on Instagram. Besides, you know, it was always like, well, I'm paying my bills as a waiter, so I guess I'm just a waiter, you know, and a waiter is blah, 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 all this negative crap in my head. Well, screw that, man. Man? Screw that. I'm not I'm not I'm no more just a waiter than I'm just a public speaker, than I'm just somebody in recovery, than I'm just somebody in sobriety, than I'm just anything. I am in like this amalgamation of all of this. I love the fact that I wait tables and bartend because it gives me an opportunity to interact with 50 to 100 people every single day. I get to practice my life coaching on them. I get to tell people about my career. I get to introduce people to my podcast. I get to I get to talk with amazing people who work with me who are actors and musicians and stand-up comedians who are busting their ass out there and doing awesome stuff. Like every single person who works in that hotel that I will, okay, let me pull back. Not every single person, but a majority of the people who are working security and definitely in the restaurants, we're all out in LA, man, hustling our butts off to make this dream that we had back in our hometowns a reality. And I'll tell you what, nothing is more awesome than that energy. Right? So that's my job description. And my title here is right now is a podcaster. When I get on stage, it's a public speaker. When I whenever I'm sitting here writing my book, it's an author. But that's 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 just another piece of me. Right? If if you're the manager, if you're the CEO, whatever your job description of that, if you're a mom, a dad, a grandpa, that's just a piece of you. That is not all of you. And if you allow it to become all of you, then if that ever goes away, your kids move away, um, the, you lose the job, then you you really lose a huge piece of yourself. And then you start trying to figure out how you're going to pick yourself up and put yourself back together again. When you don't need to do that, if you're not putting all your eggs in one particular basket, and definitely don't be putting the idea of who you are based on what somebody else thinks of your job, your title, your role, your finances, your clothes, your car, none of that. Because none of that is really who you are. Uh, I posted something on Instagram today about um, about uh, trying to fill your life, trying to make your, trying to become happy by filling your life with possessions is like taping sandwiches on the outside of your body and expecting not to be hungry. And by that I meant, and I said this in the Instagram post, I don't hang my hat on anything that could be destroyed in a natural disaster. Right, so my computer, my belongings, my car, any of that stuff, that's just those things can all go away. Trust me, I was really poor as a child, then we had some money and then we were all poor again. Right? But who I am as a person, that won't change regardless of the calamity. I reference Negan and Rick from The Walking Dead. Rick is out here trying to save everybody and try he believes everyone's got a good side of them. Negan's out there beating people up with a baseball bat. Right, that's who he always was back when he was a car salesman before the before the walkers came around. Rick was a police officer and always wanted to stand up for the just and and and, and be there to support people. Right? So who are you in your core? Because when the world goes down to zombie town, that's who you're gonna show up as. 
So you better be happy with who that person is. Because if you're the one over here stealing an extra can of refried beans from the from the bistro because the zombies might come and attack any second now and you want to make sure you've got food and screw everybody else, that's going to come back to you. Are you the person who, who shares everything equally? Or are you the person who's, who's more worried about not having any for yourself later? Now, I like to hide food in my room, but that's just because, and I, this is a complete sidebar, I do keep like protein bars and like some nuts and, and definitely my candy stash in my room. But that's because I like to eat my things at a certain pace. So when my roommate and I buy things together, I give him his half and I take my half and I put it in my room because I might hold on to certain protein bars for a month or two because I'm just not in the mood to eat them. Whereas he might think, well, I want to eat this protein bar. I've got these protein bars. Let's eat them all up. Right? So that's the whole different thing. Because if he listens to this and comes beating down my door saying, dude, I know you're hiding protein bars in here. I'm like, no, I'm not hiding them. I split them in front of you and said, this is mine. I didn't, if there was 12, I didn't take seven and give you five and say, oh, there must have been one missing in the box. No. No. Always an even Steven split. This is fun. I'm really enjoying this. I hope you guys are too. Um, next sentence, I lose my center and seek to find it in, oh, let's see who I am. Um, oh yeah. So, um, I lose my center and seek to find it in people. Let's see. Okay. Reboot, reboot. I'm not even going to go through and try to edit this because I just, I really want this to be like raw. I, and then the next sentence says, I lose my center and seek to find it in people, places, and things outside of myself. There you go. Like you lose your center when you seek to find it in people, places, and things. You are who you are. Write down the things that make you you, from locking the door three times to you know wanting your sauces and little ramekins on the side to the way that you cook your food to the way that you eat your food to the way that you walk down the street. Like these are little things. Like don't lose yourself trying to find value and find trying to find something for you in people, places, and things. Because again, people, places, and things can all go away. Who are you during the zombie apocalypse? Do not hang your hat on what other people want for you in your life. If you end up with a crappy life because you listen to your preacher, your teacher, your mom, your dad, your siblings, your friends, and one day you find yourself sitting in a cubicle living this ho-hum crap-ass life that you never wanted, but everybody else said this is what you should do, then that's on you. Turn the podcast off, get your ass up, quit the job, and go do something awesome. No, don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. Think about what you're doing. First of all, keep the podcast on. I've got three more minutes and it's going to be great. But two, uh, think about what you're doing before you just do it. Spontaneously quitting your job and you know, jumping into a hippie van and traveling the country sounds like a great idea until you look at your bank account and you've got $400 in it. Next sentence, who I am is a changing thing. There is no one version of me to get to know and finally be done with. I let myself change and grow. All right, this is a great way to close out the show because who you are is a forever changing thing. People who say that people don't change are the kind of people who are who don't realize they're changing, but they, they are. Right, like one of, The way I used to say this back in the day was the people who say that other people don't change are the people who, in fact, themselves don't change. But the reality of it is that everybody changes. But we're around ourselves all the time. And people who are constantly around us, they, they, they may miss the little intricacies that change. You may have behaved one way in high school, and then you go to a high school reunion, and someone hears or sees you say something, they're like, oh, you haven't changed a bit. 
because you say one sentence, because you laugh a certain way, because their perception of you is is ingrained and cemented, and regardless of what's actually going around, going on around them when it comes to you, their perception of you is already decided, and they're not going to see the new person. This is why there are a lot of people in sobriety and recovery or when they quit food, and they, they quit porn, drugs, whatever it might be, they have to start changing the people around them. Because if you're around people that refuse to see you for the new you, then you have to change the people that are around you because you are a changing thing. There is no one version of yourself to get to know. Each day you're changing. Each hour you're changing. There's always something about you that you're learning, that you're, you're doing. Even if you're sitting in a cubicle, just putting numbers into a spreadsheet, you're still changing. Information's going in. Data's coming out. Breaths are breathed in. Breaths are breathed in. <laughs> breaths are breathed in. And breaths are breathed out. You're forever changing, right? Let yourself change and grow and be aware of it. Befriend your changing self. So this has been getting to know myself. I'm really super pumped that I went through this. I do believe that it will give you guys something to discuss amongst yourselves. Perhaps uh, bring it up at one of your next meetings. Talk about it with some of your friends, even the ones who aren't in sobriety and recovery. Right? Start asking: Are you looking for? Are you looking for some sort of? foundation, some sort of strength by what other people think about you, right? By, by how other people measure you, right? Because again, remember, people can only measure what they experience by the actual interaction around you. And not everyone's going to have the same viewpoint of you. So be strong in who you believe you are and don't let other people's opinions of you even begin to just start chipping away at this amazing new you that you're creating. And just remember, I will always be with you. Always. Don't ever forget that. So if you would like to continue this conversation over here at Instagram, please find me at From Sobriety to Recovery. I'm all, of course, I'm on Facebook and do the same thing. On whatever app you're listening to, I'm getting a lot of love on Spotify right now. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I would really, really, really appreciate um, getting that pat on the back from y'all because I need... <laughs> I was going to try to do something funny. Like, I need your love to show me that I have self-worth. <laughs> Um, but other people do like to know that what I'm saying is actually useful. And so by going on these apps and subscribing, rating, and reviewing, um, you show people that that um, I am bringing value to your life. And that's really why I do these things, because I have all these thoughts and I'm going through all these changes. And uh, it's just really awesome to be able to come out here and speak to you guys about it and then you know get messages on Instagram about it and uh, be able to read uh, what you guys are sending me on DMs and stuff. So thank you so much for reaching out to me and um, letting me know that this resonates with you because I, I'm doing this for us. And it's really important to me that if there's a, something that you would like me to discuss, that you know that, that my door is open and my, my Instagram account's always ready for your conversation. So don't ever not reach out. I am more than available. So much love, everybody. As always, treat each other with love, kindness, and respect. Be inclusive, not exclusive. Send out that positive energy for the power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. I love you guys very much. Have another great week in sobriety and recovery. And uh, we'll be talking again soon. Be well now. Goodbye. Goodbye.